Hi, uh, welcome back to The Exhibitionist. This is another one of my art shorts that I'm be doing throughout August. It's going to be a super quick review of an exhibition that I've just seen. So I'm currently in the South Bank Centre. I've just been to see Lee Bull at the Hayward Gallery. And I really loved this exhibition. I didn't know anything about Bull's work going in. Um, she's a South Korean artist who was born in the 1960s and so she's had a fairly long career at this point. She's been working pretty consistently since the 1980s and her work uh, uses some incredibly beautiful textures and some really wonderfully mixed materials. So the exhibition is called Crashing and it's on at the Hayward Gallery until the 19th of August. So it's coming to a close now. Full price admission was £12, um, but if you have a national art pass like me, you can get in for six, which is pretty good. Um, this is actually the first time I've been back to the Hayward Gallery since it reopened. It's been quite a long time since I made it here, um, and I've missed the last few exhibitions, which is a shame, because I've always really liked the shows that they do here. Before it closed for refurbishment um, a couple of years ago, it was easily one of my favourite galleries, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this new program. So the exhibition takes up the entire space of the gallery, which is fairly big, although it's only divided into five rooms. Um, it's quite a sprawling show in that it's large-scale sculptural works occupying a lot of floor space, uh, suspended from the ceiling. Many of the pieces require some kind of activation from the viewer. So as you come in, there are these really incredible um, fabric and plastic and metal works sort of suspended from the ceiling and some of them look more robotic than others but there are also some really beautiful um, soft sculptures that look more like piles of tentacles which I found very compelling but I understand some people may not like them. Um, it reminded me a little of Yayoi Kusama's work and especially the levels of texture embedded within that and I think that certainly some of the themes in Liebel's work are common to Kusama's as well in that they're often about exploring the limits of the human body and the boundaries of the natural and the man-made. Um, easily my favourite work in the exhibition was in this first room and it's a 2014 piece called Civitas Solis II. Uh, so it's the city of the sun um, and it's absolutely stunning. It's made out of beautiful uh, shards of mirror and lights. And so it's this kind of shimmering, moving, reflective uh, work that spills down the walls and across the floor. And it occupies most of the space of this first room. I found it just incredibly um, mesmerizing. The lights in it are um, light bulbs that spell out uh, the name of the work, so Civitas Solis II in English and in Korean, um, but in mirror writing, so the letters are reversed. And this is a theme that comes up quite a lot uh, throughout the exhibition, the ideas of um, reversal and I guess also translation and you know how we read, how we read text and how we experience these stories. Um, but as the lights flicker, you get this beautiful kind of shimmering dance across the surface of the mirrors and it's honestly mesmerizing. I spent a lot of time just watching the lights change. Um, from there, I actually went the wrong way. I went into room two instead of room three first, but it doesn't really matter. You can sort of experience it in any order. Um, but I went up the rope uh, to what's called room three and there's a large scale sculpture in this space that's called Heaven and Earth. Um, and this 
work I found interesting because throughout the exhibition um, you get the sense that a lot of Liebel's work deals directly with contemporary politics and the history of Korea, uh, specifically the divides between North and South Korea and her experience growing up through that conflict and its uh, endurance today. So throughout the exhibition, there are a couple of um, large wall panels that are described in the text as inserts and they're almost like little timelines or kind of 101s in Korean history. So that if you're not familiar with it, and honestly, I am mostly not familiar, um, you can read these panels and get a little more context, which is super helpful. So Heaven and Earth uh, is a 2007 piece. It's a giant bathtub filled with like black ink. And it's surrounded by these kind of fragmented tiles that look, again, almost like smashed ice or... Um, kind of like a mountainous landscape and it is supposed to allude to the death of a student who was tortured um, and killed in a bathtub in 1987 and the student was called Park Jong-chul so this is a response to his murder and the ideology is entangled within that sort of questions of how we represent trauma and loss and a bathtub full of black ink is a pretty beautiful, not necessarily the most subtle, but certainly a very, very effective way of conveying that. Um, many of the other works in this room deal with contemporary Korean politics. I think, as with many exhibitions like this one, you can go in, you can read every text panel, and you can really treat it almost like a history lesson, sort of an introduction to Korean history for people that maybe, like me, don't know that much about it. Um, or you can go in and you can just spend some time with the work and let them communicate with you first. I would always advocate for spending some time and sort of feeling out the space before you read the panels. Not everyone agrees with that, I know, but personally, I much prefer to go and get a sense of the atmosphere of an exhibition and to give my chance, myself a chance to sort of emotionally respond to the works and their materials and let myself really feel... Um, feel that space before I take it uh, as a kind of didactic environment. So in my uh, response to this work was mainly to spend some time with the textures and the play of light. Um, Liebel uses some quite unusual materials in her work. So throughout this exhibition, there are uh, sculptures made of hair and resin and using pieces of velvet and pearl, as well as um, like medical grade silicone and um, kind of hard plastics and resins and as I've already mentioned light bulbs and glass and mirrors so there are so many different um, forms of texture and so many surfaces that you can just sort of experience in this space especially the way it's arranged where there are some quite large scale works on the floor but also pieces hanging from the ceiling I'd say that even if you do choose to use this uh, exhibition as a learning space, I would recommend that you basically do a lap just to experience it first and just spend some time with the feeling of, of the gallery and with, the, um, with your own responses to the, that, these textures and these materials. Moving on from that, um, in room two, so going backwards a little bit, there are several film pieces by uh, the artist. And as someone who I often don't watch film pieces in exhibitions, um, 
sometimes you have to put on headphones and you have to sit through 20 minutes of a film that you know might not even feel hugely relevant to the exhibition I I don't enjoy watching film pieces in a gallery I find it very kind of forced and strange and obviously everyone has their own threshold for that but I tend to if there's a cinema space in a gallery basically walk in and walk straight out again in this case though uh, each of the film pieces were recordings of longer performances and so I think as an acknowledgement of that they were on smaller screens so there were six small screens each showing an individual performance and they had headphones so you could listen to the sound effects as well but each of them had a button to play so they only started when you chose to start them and there were two lengths of film available so you could either watch the super quick sort of one or two minute versions or if you wanted you could watch the 20 or 50 minute versions and so if you wanted you could spend an hour just watching standing and watching one of these film pieces i don't know if anyone will actually take that option but i did really appreciate going being able to experience a film piece where i chose when it started i chose how long it was and so you know i don't want to watch a three hour (laughs) clip from a performance personally i'm never going to do that but to be able to say okay so here's the two minute summary of the piece and just get a bit of a sense of it i thought was really effective um and you know that's not something that a lot of art people will admit to but I get really bored watching film pieces most of the time so it was great to be able to skip that. The works in this room were mainly um, from fairly early in her career and they were mostly um, performance pieces. If you know the podcast or you know me at all you'll know I am a massive fan of seeing artist studio spaces in their maquettes and models and several of these were displayed in this room. They were on these very sparse kind of industrial style metal shelves, but it was really, really beautiful to be able to see these kind of small working models and get a bit of a sense of her process because so many of the works in this exhibition, as I've already said, they use unusual materials and it's really wonderful to see the sort of thought process behind that as the works develop. Um, It's also a great chance to get a little closer to the sort of structures and shapes of works that, you know, if they're suspended from the ceiling or if they are giant bathtubs full of ink, you can't get super close to them. So it's great to be able to see them as um, as complete forms on this smaller scale as well. I uh, didn't go into the maze room right at the end, mainly because when I was at the exhibition, the queue to see it was uh, nearly an hour long and I just didn't have the time or energy to spend an hour waiting to go through a small mirrored maze. This is the problem with a lot of exhibitions like this is that it's just can be very, very slow moving when you're experiencing um, sculptural art or works that you're supposed to go inside. So a couple of the pieces in the show I didn't get to experience because there were queues of people waiting to go into the sound pieces and things like that, which is a shame. Um, And, you know, on another day, if I went back to the exhibition, I would bear that in mind. So although I would highly recommend this show, you kind of have to be prepared to queue for some of these things. I'd already queued to get in. I'm here at four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, so it's not exactly kind of peak gallery time but I still did have to queue to buy my ticket and it was fairly busy inside and you know room five right at the end the mirrored maze had a queue of 45 minutes to an hour so 
yeah, I mean, your mileage may vary and everyone has a different tolerance for that, but I was not up for it. I can imagine if you went with someone who was willing to do the queuing, it would be a lot easier, but I was here on my own. Um, again, backtracking a little, I'm doing this exhibition sort of all out of order because the Hayward Gallery uh, flows as a space in a sometimes slightly illogical way. It's not always immediately clear which rooms you should be going into next, and so although they often construct a narrative with their exhibitions as you move through the space, that is often quite difficult to follow. Um, so don't feel tied to going through the rooms in the order that they suggest. You can pretty much do it in whatever order. But room four has the giant uh, sort of Zeppelin balloon, which is used on the posters for this exhibition. Um, and it's a giant mirrored foil balloon uh, called Willing to be Vulnerable Metalized Balloon. I find it really beautiful. Um, there was something about being in this space where it's just very clean and minimalist and then having this vast silver shape just sort of floating there. Whereas many of the other works in this exhibition were incredibly textural and used these very unusual materials that this was sort of a moment of minimalist calm, which I did really enjoy. I thought it was beautiful. Um, so the Zeppelins are obviously these kind of symbols from the 1930s of the kind of ideal future technology, this, this dream of how everyone will be transported. And as airships are, as I'm sure you can tell, not the major means of transport, um, they sort of fell out of favor. They were incredibly dangerous and difficult to produce. And so they represent this sort of lost future. This is a kind of common theme throughout uh, Bull's work in that many of, the, many of the kind of fantasy landscapes she creates in this exhibition on various different scales reflect these sort of alternative dreams of the future. I thought that was really lovely. There's something quite charming about it. And, you know, it's helped by the fact that many of the sculptures in the landscapes that she creates are just simply quite beautiful. Um, I, yeah, I really loved it. I thought it was quite wonderful. There's a lot that I've missed out here and many of the uh, video pieces and some of her early works deal more specifically with um, gender and femininity uh, and specifically the kind of fetishization of Asian women as a South Korean artist who's been extremely successful in North America, um, which I'm not going to go into because I don't think I can do it justice and I don't want to damage that narrative by attempting to explain it and explaining it badly but that is another theme that runs through the work is these ideas of control of the body and the consumption of bodies and it relates again to these kind of dreams of the future and what the future world might look like so there's sort of almost like a sci-fi theme running through this exhibition um, and I wouldn't say that's sort of a major theme of the exhibition but it's certainly an atmosphere which I really loved. I thought this was a beautiful show. Many of the works in it were absolutely stunning. Um, the metalized balloon I thought was absolutely gorgeous. And the city of light right at the beginning was stunning. Heaven and Earth, the bathtub was really compelling, but in a much more disturbing way. And you should go into this exhibition aware of the fact that there are some very heavy themes here. There are themes of violence and war and conflict and sexual violence as well that have shaped uh, Ball's own experience and that she works through in her art in a very 
compelling and honestly quite accessible way. Um, don't be put off by the fact that she's maybe not the best known artist. Uh, I would really, really recommend this show. It's closing on the 19th of August, so you don't have a ton of time. But it was honestly a beautiful experience and a really wonderful atmosphere to spend time in. You can learn a lot or you can just feel a lot or you can do both. So that's uh, another one of these short episodes. Um, I'm trying to keep it short. I realize they're running to about 15 minutes, which I mean, it's not it's not long, I guess. Um, but if you have any thoughts on this exhibition, if you've seen it uh, or you want to get in touch, let me know. You can drop me an email at exhibitionistpod at gmail.com. My website is theexhibitionist.org. I'm going to put some photos from the exhibition on Facebook, which is The Exhibitionist. It's all very, very obvious. Um, or you can contact me on Twitter at AA Proctor. That's A-A-P-R-O-C-T-E-R. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. And if there are any other shows you think I should check out before the end of the month, I would love to see them. So uh, yeah, go to the Hayward Gallery. You've got until the 19th of August. I highly recommend it. Um, if you've got an art pass, it's super cheap and definitely worth seeing. Thanks. Bye.